Did the, the first one was on gun control. Yes. The second one was homelessness. Uh, and today we wanted to talk on education. Oh, <clears throat> before uh, we get into that, okay. speaking on homelessness, but right. we will talk education. There, okay. Uh, somebody walked past me when I was coming here okay. and had a sign that said, um, need tent mm -hmm. ASAP. Okay. Uh, and because of our discussion, instead of like, Avoiding him. Looking away. <laughs> yeah. I made eye contact and I, you know, I gave him a head nod. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I looked in his face and I could tell that, like, just being seen mm -hmm. was uplifting, even like yeah. ever so slightly. Yeah. Right. Um, and I could tell also that he was being ignored by all of the other uh, cars. Yep. And then you know, it's so funny. It's just a little head nod, and I was like, yeah, okay, I can see how it, we can change yeah. the interaction with mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. by changing how we think about the interactions yeah. that people have. Yeah. So anyway, that was... Very similar. Uh, real quick side note, I did something similar in a car. So I was at a light, and I kind of caught myself not wanting to make mm -hmm. eye contact. I was like, well, well, what? Like, why am I doing that? So I made eye contact. Yeah. The box was in my window. It turned green. And I drove off. But I was like, you know, right. I, I showed that I, that I see you. Right. And that's what we talked about a lot in our last in the last yeah. one was like just overall acknowledging people. Yeah, right. Um, the acknowledgement and the empathy that goes with simple acknowledgement of presence. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, and then I think this is a good segue right into education yeah. where I'm going to just say it right now. Education should be free. That's it. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I'm a true believer. If you value your people, remember it's talking about citizens, your country, right? It's like you should make K through 12 college free because you want your people to be educated. Because the more educated they are, it comes right back into the economy. So it's kind of like a circle of life. But we have this notion that, oh, why should I pay for someone else to go to school? Yeah. <clears throat> I also, so I, I agree. Mm. Um, mm. I do agree that I believe that education and healthcare should be free. Yeah, I mean, so education, K through 12 and college, like everything or? Oh, education. Okay, cool. Bet. Yeah. Right, it should just be free. Mm -hmm. um, now, the economics behind that, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And when you talk about who gets, if you go up to college and advanced degrees and what are they doing, et cetera, et cetera, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But if I had to fight for it, I would fight K through 12. Yeah. Um, and, and not even K, like pre-K. Yeah. Right? yeah. So the ability for, because we have this work culture mm -hmm. right, inside of this culture, if we know that we have two parent working households, then the burden of childcare should not dictate whether, how good the, the um, education is my child gets yeah. starting out two, three, four, five. And what my professional uh, options are. Yep. Right? Because there are plenty of people who, once you've had that second child, you basically are in poverty because mm -hmm. you got to pay for these kids and they're expensive. Right? So now you have to make these decisions for how you're going to educate your child as a function of what job you have. Right? And, and from a circle of life perspective, what you are capable of doing and who's paying for what mm -hmm. is a function of what your education is. Yeah, and, and, and I agree with that. It even ties into like where you're located, where you're mm -hmm. situated. You know, what area you're in dictates your what type of education you get. Mind you, K through 12 is not all online right now. It's not like unfortunately you have to go to a brick and mortar. You have to go to a physical location uh, for the most part to get the education you deserve. But sometimes that education isn't equitable. It isn't fair across the board. And what you're teaching one particular person may not be the same. You're teaching someone else in another area. Uh, 
But all that being said, though, because we have to think about how we're going to pay for education, mm -hmm. now it, this is how you do a lot of other things. That's right. And, and it's a give and take. And if you really care about your citizens and you really care about that, in my opinion, from a governmental standpoint, you would want to take away that burden from your, from your people so they could focus on other things. Let me focus on my civic engagement. Let me focus on, on my health. My, my health. There you go, my health. Let me, not, mm -hmm. let me not have to be worried about student loans. Let me not have to be worried about what, if, my, if my student is going to a good school. Because if everybody was free, then we would have good schools. Right. Because you wouldn't have, there wouldn't be a competition. It wouldn't be like, oh, well, this school is better than that school. So let's get more funding here. If you eliminate all these things, we kind of change the playing field that we're doing when it comes to education. I think you want to... Yeah, I, mean, I think I'll, I'll jump in here. Um, to quote one of my favorite writers, um, education is the silver bullet. Education is everything, and it should be everything. Schools should be, should be palaces. You know, government should... It should be expensive for government, and it should be mm -hmm. free to the people that want to use it. Mm -hmm. And I think because it's so important and because... You have to, whatever you put in, you get out what you put in, yep. right? And won't if we put more money into schools, won't if we put more money into education, won't that make students more competitive when they get out of school? Won't that help mm -hmm. put money back into the economy once they get involved, right? And I, I think that it's just so vastly important. And so um, even, you know, because every new um, administration that comes in, they say, we're going to fix education. They've been fixing education since the 70s. <laughs> Thank you. Right? Yes, yes, um, yes. I mean, my mother's a teacher, and she teaches at, or she used to teach at this little rural town where I grew up in southeast Texas. Um, and she ended up getting out of public education and going, and she got into classical education. So I think you can, there, you can debate about the type of education, maybe, mm -hmm. whether it's the the traditional public private school but then there's also like classical education where you're teaching kids Greek and mm -hmm. Latin and, mm -hmm. and I think there's a lot to I think that's why a lot of times we have debate about curriculums itself but if we're talking about um, no government funding of education yeah. absolutely I think that we should put everything towards education make it free make it accessible because it, it's it reinforces almost the class system in a way when 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 rich kids can go to better schools and, yeah. and poor and poor students and so and that affects their level of education that affects how how much they are interested in, in learning and um, and it affects their entire future so obviously if we want people to be on a level playing field then obviously I think that the government should fit the bill for the entire system and, and I agree with that and and what I realize is that back back in the day right education was free or very 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 cheap right and not even that far back in the day two generations max yes but what had happened and this is my opinion is that we've transitioned from a democratic com a country to a capitalist country so when we fought for our rights it wasn't like oh we want to make businesses and we care about labor and everything no, it's like we just want to be independent like we just want our freedom to do whatever it is you want to do that was like the initial thought process behind us uh, America um, um, separating ties between England right and then now 
once we're now once you have your freedom then you start to think okay well now we need money though <laughs> now we are ourselves so what are we going to do to actually start doing stuff now you have slavery you have to give everything else that comes into into mindset but then that's where that shift was now we're no longer a democratic country now we are a capitalist country which then now forces education to be looked at as a for-profit business that's right. and that's the that, that that is what i think is the biggest is the biggest issue is that we're not looking at education as some as a social need for society but more so as a business we could capitalize and make money off of it's competition yeah because right? again the capitalist society is all about competition mm-hmm. that's the same you could probably have the same argument for public and private prisons yep yep and your healthcare it, yeah. it's the same as that thing and, and that's why I believe there's certain things it's like no 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 this should not be a business this should not be for making profit this is not this the sole purpose of this entity should be to educate people that's how you're measured on you're not measured by how much dollars you have how much donors you have you're measured on by how successful and smart any student who comes to your school is and, and that's like the very minimum but somewhere along the way we've lost that we lost that um, that vision, and it, you could definitely see it by how much you pay our teachers, and that goes very hand right. in hand That's to right. to the quality of education you can get. <laughs> so now you're telling me that you're you're going to pay X amount of dollars for this type of education. Okay, well, if you paid more, does that mean more education or better education? If you pay less, that means less education. Like, what type of standard or system are we setting ourselves up here for? Right. I mean, there's <laughs> as you mentioned, education has so many. Um, Tangents. Yeah. So, one, I think that from a caste perspective, the policy is set so that education keeps people stratified. Yes, 100%. Two, colleges are now financial institutions, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, you can go get higher learning, but when we talk about how schools are, um, are... uh, gauged and rated a lot of it is how much money do your alums give back and what yeah. is your endowment yep yeah right? yeah right now if a university has an endowment why are students paying for school it's not about the money mm-hmm. right and to your point about paying teachers and um, this is from a community perspective I know that there are school districts who raise money to pay the teacher's salary. Mm-hmm. And they raise that money from the community. It's not based on any tax dollars. It's not based on some formula mm-hmm. for a budget. Right? There's a separate fundraising group that pays the teacher's salary. Mm-hmm. That is completely different mm-hmm. from any school where the parents don't have the money to support fundraising activities. Right. So now what you said is, Money dictates what education a kindergartner gets or first grader gets, mm-hmm. right? Who gets to use the iPad versus whose library is empty. Mm-hmm. That's just strictly unfair. Yeah. Without even saying, I want those other parents to pay for this other kid's library. Yeah. If one group of people have the opportunity to create their own environment, fine, but this is where government comes in, right? If we're talking about educating the populace and making sure that things are even, knowing that education is the foundation, then the government's policy supports an educational caste. So then let me ask you this then, because I've had a conversation with people saying, hey, you know, the government is supposed to govern the country. That's what the government does, right? And by governing, you 
focused on healthcare, education, mm-hmm. social politics, welfare, etc. Right, but because now we have state rights versus federal law, mm-hmm. right? Two different entities. So now, when it comes to education, how do you, or what's your viewpoint? You know, either one of you, what's your viewpoint on letting all this or having states fully be independent about what they want to do around education versus it being mandated by the federal government? Um, I think you can get in. You, there can be a, a problem present with that, only because states rely on so much, uh, such a. Yeah, a percentage of federal funds, and so at a certain point, you know, I think um, that the federal government would want to have a say in certain things. That's why they want to have certain things at a federal level that they might not have at a state's level, or that's why certain things might be mandated by the federal government, or they might delegate to a state's government. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the what a benefit of a would be of a federalized system whether that's a curriculum whether that's you know the federal funding in, in x amount goes to each state mm-hmm. i'm not sure how you would i'm not an economic economist, yeah. so, you know i'm not sure what that looks like um and i'm not sure what the what the pros and cons of having you know the states handle that would be or or the two right. things go ahead <clears throat> so I, I think of it um kind of like Civil Rights mm-hmm. Voting Rights Act, right? The Voting Rights Act said everyone gets to vote, and if as a state you try to do something that seems disenfranchising, you have to justify it. They close schools regularly in poor neighborhoods because they're underperforming, because the parents can't afford to submit or to provide the same resources that other communities can. It has nothing to do with the children or the teachers. The federal government, assuming that the federal government is there to enhance the education and actually supports the education of its populace, Mm -hmm. should then come in and say, hey, why is it that all of the schools with poor kids are failing? Right, ask that question. And what are we doing? What and now show me what we did that show me how we worked one hundred ten percent to get them passing, but we could not do it. Mm-hmm. And then what can we do as a federal government to help bring you guys up? As opposed to close these schools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is what it's supposed to happen, right? That is what you see with the federal government. It's supposed to have that that oversight about what is going on in these states that is not up to par, right? I mean, that's a nice way of saying it. It's not up to par. It's like, hey, we're the federal government. We're, we're, this is the minimum that we have, and you're not meeting that minimum. Why? But what I think now, this is the issue that I see, is that because the federal government is so far out of sight, out of mind, it's very difficult for the federal government to really have true oversight, um, especially because of technology and the way we can hide certain things and how cor- and naturally corrupt people are. And a lot of people want to hide behind data now 
So the data you're even looking at isn't the right data. You have to ask a lot of clarifying questions around the data to making sure what you're what you're seeing is actually what you're what you're seeing, and it's not something completely different that's been miscued in any type of way. So because the the federal government is so so far is very difficult. What I based just based on where we are right now, right? We still have schools closing. We still got an education issue. Like like so, what's been happening? is not the best solution we need to find something different like what, what we agreed upon in the past you know whatever years got us to this point and right now we're having an issue right now there's still the challenge so we have to change how we're doing certain things and i'm not sure if more more federal government or less federal government or more state less state i'm not sure what the true solution is on that uh to really solve the education piece well um make one point and i'll step out for a few minutes um at least in Texas, I should make the point that uh, school, district, school districts are financed by property taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're in a, you know, a poor town in a rural area, most likely, I wouldn't say you're doomed to fail, but I mean, you're going you're gonna to be significantly worse off yep. than a school in, you know, a, a school district around Houston, mm-hmm. Dallas, Austin, yep. San Antonio. Mm-hmm. There's also a program in Texas, it's called the Robin Hood program, where you, if the schools raise um, more funds outside of the money that they get from property taxes, I might be skewing this a little bit, but I'm trying to just trying to remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, they raise a certain amount of money above what they get from property taxes, then that money is taken by the state and distributed to low-income school districts. Mm-hmm. And so there was an article in Texas Monthly, I think in June, about. Um, the Permian Basin, about the oil boom, and how essentially the whole area can't keep up because the cost of living is rising so much because they're producing more oil than any other field in the world. It's talking about how the school district there uh, has like, they're having 60 kids in a class, Mm. can't afford the teachers to fit all the students because so many people are going to work and bringing their families to the area to work. And so they're having to do like online Skype classes things like that and because now that area is so technically rich but still they're having they're having that money taken away because they're making so much for property taxes mm-hmm. and that money that they are losing from this program uh, that's going to low-income school districts could be they could be using yeah. to hire more teachers build mm-hmm. bigger facilities things like that mm-hmm. actually I'll, I'll piggyback on that you you did um, I know a little bit about Robin Hood because of the work that I've done with some of the education foundations here's the thing about it the state is not actually required to redistribute those funds to other school districts. The state gets to keep that money in general ledger and spend it how it sees fit. <laughs> so Robin Hood is actually a property tax without going up on people's taxes because Texas is a um, state tax-free mm-hmm. state. Yeah, no income tax. But yeah, no income tax, income tax free state. Yeah. But Robin Hood is the way they've managed to get around that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a pretty interesting story, actually. Uh, the, because your property taxes skyrocketed, but you didn't properly plan for the increased number of people, now you can't create a budget mm-hmm. that allows for you to build schools to support the kids. But 
I guess my question would be, while yes, the property taxes are skyrocketing, are the people who are coming to town, the people who, ex and this is where we get into family, expect a certain level of income. Mm -hmm. I mean, a certain level of education. Yeah. Right? Like I, for example, I just moved from one school district to another. And we can, this may uh, loop into a different part, but I was explaining to somebody else in my previous school district, high tax income, I mean, high tax, high property value school district. They also had a free labor workforce of stay-at-home moms that volunteered in the school district. They were a full PTO. They helped um, fundraise. They were always in the classrooms mm -hmm. doing the op the other things that the teachers needed, and they were donating to the classes. That is a that is a full other set of resources mm -hmm. that no one ever really talks about when we're just talking about the property taxes of one school versus the property taxes of another school. So now in my new district, the schools both score the same. They're pretty similar, except this new school district has no concept of that free labor yeah right neither the school nor the community because they, they've just not even considered volunteering mm -hmm. right and I'm like where are the volunteers so I show up where are the volunteers and they're like oh we don't have anything for you to do that's not the right answer yeah you've got plenty to do you're a teacher I know you need support anybody with 21 kids needs something mm -hmm. even if it's a help me help them read yeah right yeah. but if, if no one's ever asked you that question and you are not in a place where it's normalized when someone when someone's like oh what can I do to help they got nothing to do right mm -hmm. but that help also structures itself around who are the parents and what do they expect mm -hmm. right because yeah. I, I follow both schools PTO on Facebook one of them was like volunteers where are you that was day one this other school's PTO's first meeting isn't until like yeah. September. Yeah. It's already like, started. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to me, I'm, I'm like, I expect. Yeah. But I only expect that because I've moved school districts. Most mm. people never move school district. You don't even know that it's missing. Yeah, exactly. Right. There, there's whole groups of people that don't know. The grass is greener. That there are volunteers yeah. out there mm -hmm. putting in that type of work. You know, what I mean, 30, 40 hours a week, helping the assistant at the front do things yeah right that's a whole labor force yeah yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah i'll be right back yeah. no no worries. Go, go, go ahead thanks mm. okay and then here's the thing about right school scores whether we're talking about um gradeschools.com mm -hmm. or even the tea yeah and the, the way that they grade an a through f for the most part schools are judged on whether or not there are four kids there meaning Title I, free and reduced lunch, or if there are kids who speak English as a second language. Mm -hmm. Public schools in Texas, I think, is something like 40 to 45% Hispanic, and a, a great majority are English as a second language and poor. Mm -hmm. The school districts that have the highest concentration of poor English as a second language children are consistently getting D's and F's, mm -hmm. and that's a fact. And then the schools that are consistently getting A's are usually no poor people and no minorities. Black people kind of slide here and there, usually, but, but here's the thing though, even if your school got an A or a B and it had 7% black, mm -hmm. 
when you look at the demographic breakdown of how those kids perform, the minorities always perform way worse. Mm -hmm. And nobody ever goes in and says, well, what can we do to support?